Hey, this is Sebastian. You're listening to The Endless Pursuit of Leveling Up. So today I wanted to talk about generalized anxiety disorder, or the short-term GAD. Just to put things in perspective with anxiety and depression, here's a stat about Canadians. So according to the Canadian Mental Health Association's Fast Facts About Mental Illness, which I'll include in the show notes, they said that almost one half, 49% of those who feel they have suffered from depression or anxiety have never gone to see a doctor about this problem. That was probably me for about five to six years. Uh, I think that just shows how bad the stigma can be and that people often think that, I'd say, like something physical like a broken arm is far more important than something like depression or anxiety. I know I've had that kind of thinking before, too. And then I imagine in other countries, stats like that is probably isn't great either, and that they said that mental illnesses can be treated effectively. So for my pros and cons of the anxiety episode, I said that anxiety isn't always a sign that something is horribly wrong. It can be a guide, and it shows that you care about something. Anxiety during certain events, like before a test, before a date with someone new, or an interview, then the anxiety makes sense. Typically, it passes shortly after the event, but when it comes to anxiety disorders, things aren't quite like that. In the Anxiety Disorders article by a National Institute of Mental Health, they said that anxiety disorders involve more than temporary worry or fear. Here are the different types of anxiety disorders they list. Generalized anxiety disorder, what I'm here to talk about. Panic disorder. Phobia-related disorders, examples like social anxiety disorder and agoraphobia. And then I'm going to read out what this article said about generalized anxiety disorder. People with generalized anxiety disorder, or GAD, display excessive anxiety or worry most days for at least six months about a number of things such as personal health, work, social interactions, and everyday routine life circumstances. The fear and anxiety can cause significant problems in areas of their life, such as social interactions, school, and work. The generalized anxiety disorder symptoms include feeling restless, wound up, or on edge, being easily fatigued, having difficulty concentrating, mind going blank, being irritable, having muscle tension, difficulty controlling feelings of worry, having sleep problems such as difficulty falling or staying asleep, restlessness, or unsatisfying sleep. So when I read that, it brings me back to when I was struggling so much um, five years ago or just over the last 10 years. I pretty much have had every one of those symptoms. I was feeling restless. I was easily fatigued. I was having difficulty concentrating sometimes, but then sometimes I'd go into a thing where I'd be hyper-focused and then I would just get really exhausted. Um, I was irritable quite often, having muscle tension, absolutely. I was worrying quite often and sleep problems was a big problem. That was something that until about just this last year, it's been way more manageable, a lot healthier. So I'm going to read a passage of Who Does It Affect from CMHABC's article on generalized anxiety disorder. They write, Generalized anxiety disorder affects between 5 and 6% of people at some point in their life. GAD often starts sometime between late childhood and early adulthood, though it's not uncommon for it to begin much later in life. Children may also be diagnosed with GAD. Groups of people at high risk of getting the GAD disorder. Women are about twice as likely as men to develop GAD. Older adults, not uncommon for people to develop GAD later in life. People with another mental illness or substance use disorder, like depression, other anxiety disorders, and substance use. Family members, GAD seems to run in families, so you have a higher risk of developing the illness if a close family member also has GAD. This article mentions some things you can do about it. 
things like counseling. They say many benefit from CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, which teaches about thoughts or beliefs and behaviors, something I've done and found to be very helpful. They also mentioned mindfulness cognitive behavioral therapy or M-CBT, which is about focusing on what's happening around you in the present moment. Medication, anti-anxiety medication and antidepressants. So anti-anxiety medication are typically meant for short use to cope with periods of intense anxiety. Antidepressants may help manage anxiety for longer periods of time. I personally chose not to go the medication route for my own reasons, but I think it's good to talk to a mental health professional and doctor and decide what's right for you if you do need to. Support groups. They mentioned anxiety disorder support groups can help. Another thing you can do about it is uh, self-help. So they list things like regular exercise, eating well, getting enough sleep, and a consistent sleep schedule. I've worked at that a lot myself. Managing stress, spending time with friends and family, spirituality, monitoring your use of alcohol and other drugs. Here's some things I've tried as far as self-help goes. I did some things in this Anxiety and Phobia workbook. I've done the five-week anxiety over course by Tim J.P. Collins, who runs the anxiety podcast I've probably mentioned before. I use journaling every day. I prioritize exercise every day. I typically like to exercise right after work or if I'm not working right after 5.30. I've used a daily well-being worksheet where I track if I did morning and evening routine habits or not for four months or so. And then I realized to stop that because I was getting about 70% average, which is pretty dang good in my opinion, but I try to shoot for 80%. I listen to podcasts and some YouTube videos on mental health or personal development. I do a call with two close friends every Sunday where we review our goals, progress, and areas where we struggled, where things went great. I try to eat pretty well. I use these kind of anxiety journal sheets, which is kind of more structured journaling. I try to prioritize self-care and time for relaxation in a day because I typically will go from one task to the other without rest if I don't. And then the last thing they mentioned was self-guided CBT can be helpful for mild to moderate GAD symptoms. So for my experience with GAD, I went over my experience with anxiety and getting diagnosed with GAD in episode two, climbing mountains, but I'll touch on it again a little here as that is related to this episode. When I got diagnosed with GAD at the age of 20, I'm 25 now, I thought it was, it was a big wake up call for me. It just kind of helped me to understand that, oh, these thought patterns or the the way I the way I'm living my life isn't isn't super healthy. This is a problem. And for how long I was dealing with it, it's hard to say, but maybe I was around the age of twelve or fourteen. I definitely know probably got a lot worse as I was in my uh, early high school years. I would get anxiety and such pan attacks on a daily basis at one point about five years ago while in school. One thing that was always and it's still something I, I deal with here and there, it's just not near as bad is the future and time was always something I was worrying about. Time would scare the crap out of me, and the future always kind of seemed bleak or just had this kind of unease feeling about the future. And that time was just continuing to clock away, and I know we always all feel a little bit like that, but it was a prevailing thing for me. A result of a lot of the worry, just the anxiety prevented me from enjoying and being present with a lot of things. It stopped me from doing things I wanted. It was hard to relax. My friend said to me the other day that when we would hang out in Edmonton about five years ago, when we were both living there, uh, that he had no idea I was dealing with severe anxiety. And then to be honest, I didn't really feel like sharing very often and kind of had this armor up where I would like to look like I was calm and collected on the outside. Eventually, when I started to share, it, share that I was anxious or had this gad, it lifted that armor that was weighing me down significantly over time. So my experience with gad, reflecting on it, Looking back, it makes me realize how resilient I was doing all the things I was doing, all while dealing with GAD, and also how resilient others are with their challenges in their lives, whether it's a similar or very different. 
still doing challenging and positive things, whether they have a mental health disorder or not. And my GAD, I feel like it would fuel my bouts of depression. And then sometimes the depression would fuel my anxiety. And it was a vicious cycle. Yeah, I, I st definitely still struggle with anxiety at times, but I'm not sure I would say I have generalized anxiety disorder anymore. It's something that uh, it's just an ongoing process to, to manage it. So to kind of wrap up, here's the four key takeaways I've had in the last five years about anxiety since I got diagnosed and have been working at it pretty regularly. Anxiety isn't going to go completely away. It's about managing it and realizing it goes up and down in terms of what is happening. That's the first one. My second key takeaway is my anxiety won't be managed unless I take accountability for it and my life, which means I need to listen to it and take it along for the ride anyways. So an example of that would be like, my anxiety would say, I think you should not publish this podcast. It's embarrassing or it's scary. And my response would be to that anxiety would be, I hear you, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's important. The third key takeaway would be anxiety can be utilized to see where I need to course correct. Like I was saying in pros and cons of anxiety episode, it can be used as a guide. And the fourth key takeaway is anxiety and the arm it weighs on me can be lessened if I share that I'm anxious and let go of the shame around that. It's vulnerable and real, and it helps destigmatize anxiety and mental health in general, which is what I'm trying to do now. And I mentioned uh, accountability there on the second key takeaway. So I'll be making another episode on accountability because I feel it's super important, not just for mental health and personal development, but for your whole life. It's been a huge thing for me. Have a good rest of your day.